I'm Kat Harris. Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm an educator, brand strategist, and content creator. This podcast is designed to dig below the surface and to hold space for meaningful dialogue. It's a place where done is better than perfect, where quality triumphs quantity, and where the journey is the destination. So I invite you to leave your Superman cape of having it all together at the door because life is messy and beautifully imperfect. We all have a story to tell, and I want to hear yours. Hey friends, we want to invite you to be a part of the Refined Collective Podcast tribe. Patreon is an incredible platform that allows artists and creatives to raise funds that empower them to do their craft with excellence by giving you, our audience, the opportunity to sign up for monthly pledges. You can sign up for as little as $5 a month. Our Patreon tribe has first access to our latest episodes, as well as information and insight concerning all things Refined Collective podcast related. Please check out our page and join us in empowering us to continue to create meaningful episodes, interviews, and content for y'all. You can find our page at www.patreon.com forward slash The Refined Collective. Hey friends, welcome to this week's episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris, and today I am talking to Lauren Scruggs Kennedy. She is a longtime friend of mine from Dallas, Texas, and now living in LA with her amazing husband, Jason. She has a lifestyle blog, laurenscruggskennedy.com. She is the author of two books, Still Lolo, and your beautiful heart. This girl is vulnerable and has a beautiful wellness journey that she is sharing with us today. And I am also so excited for you guys to hear what the transition and journey into marriage has been for her. It's beautiful. It is hard. It's lovely. It's messy. And I cannot wait for you to hear this girl share her heart. Well, hey guys, this is Kat Harris here. I'm so excited to have Lauren Scruggs Kennedy on the podcast this week. Hey, Lauren. Yay. Hey, Kat. How are you doing? Doing great. How's LA this morning? It is actually a beautiful day outside. Oh my gosh. I feel like, is that how, is that what you say every day? (laughs) Well, you know what? Yesterday I woke up and I'm like, is it? cold out like what's the deal and I opened the window it was like really foggy but today it's like super clear and beautiful so it's gonna be a good day another day in paradise yes (laughs) well I'm so excited to have you on here and to share your story um Lauren you have been I feel like we've known each other for years now and you have just constantly been a source of encouragement and just spoken such truth into my life. And I just, I respect the journey that you have been on and I respect how generous you are with your time and your gifts and just feel super excited for people to get to know you. And how I kind of want to kick us off is I just want to hear from you. Like, who is Lauren Scruggs Kennedy? Who are you and what are you about? Well, um, I feel like these last few years, I've learned a lot about being really self-aware and bettering myself. And I'm newly married. I've been married for a little over three years now. And it's so fun. And I'm a twin. 
I am a new aunt and my niece is coming in town today. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, it's so exciting. <laughs> I'm so excited. And just, I feel like the last few years have just been a big walk in just like deepening my faith. And I've been on a wellness journey, which we've talked a lot about um, mm-hmm. over the past few years. And I'm just learning more of like where my place is in my career. So my story kind of shows that, but I mean, I was on like a couple year hold and I know that God led me to certain things. And so just finding really where that place is after um, I came back to doing basically living life again. And um, Mm -hmm. after my healing process, after my accident and just learning how to adapt to this new city. So I moved from Dallas to Los Angeles and I feel like there's just been a lot of big changes in my life the last about six years. And so it's been a really um, like fulfilling journey and deepening journey and not easy all the time journey. Mm-hmm. But I'm just so thankful for every piece of it because it's made me more into who I am. And yeah, I've just learned so much. Yeah, I think what you shared to Stephen, I think the word that comes to my mind is transition. There mm-hmm. seems to have been transition in really every area of your life from leaving home to healing to mm-hmm. marriage and new new friends and old friends. And what I'm curious about with you is you talk about this wellness journey that you've been on and you've told me you've been on it for almost 10 years now at this point. And I feel like wellness and self-care, it's like those are like kind of hot button words right now, but like, what does that mean for you? Like, what is your wellness journey and like, did like what prompted it? Yeah. So my gosh, I feel like all of high school, I was just constantly bloated. It's like Mm kind of funny, but it was really frustrating because literally like my pants wouldn't fit at the end of the night every night because it was just no matter what I ate. I would just be so bloated. So I'm like, what is going on? And didn't really think much of it in high school. And then in college, I was like, okay, I'm going to start like eliminating some foods and seeing like what is basically causing this. And I feel like now kind of what you said, like wellness is such a trend right now. And there's so much information out there, which is incredible, but I don't feel like that's really how it was then, or I just might not have been aware of it, but I started researching health and wellness and nutrition a lot and how foods affect your body and things like that. And my mom is very into all that stuff. So she actually helped me learn all that growing up. And so after a lot of research, I just started eliminating certain foods. And I seriously got like, I ate the same thing every day for probably three years. We didn't go out to eat a lot because our college was kind of far from restaurants and things like that. So I would seriously make the same thing for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it helped my bloating a lot, but then there's still, it would still come up at certain points. And what was it like? What were your, what was your meal? (laughs) So I would have hard boiled eggs for breakfast and a little bit of fruit, like raspberries or blueberries, strawberries. And then lunch, I would make a salad with like a few vegetables on top and like olive oil, lemon juice dressing. (laughs) And then um, for dinner, I would make, a roasted sweet potato, like cut them up and then do a vegetable. Usually I would do broccoli and then I would have like chocolate chips for like afterwards for a snack. That was your college. That's what you <laughs> ate in college. Yes. 
Man, I wonder if <laughs> I gained, like people gained the freshman 15, I gained the freshman 30 yeah. and I was an athlete. So, mm-hmm. but my college diet was like 10 milkshakes <laughs> at night and cinnamon toast crunch for breakfast with ice cream instead oh of milk. That is hilarious. That sounds incredible. Yeah. Actually. I, yeah, I feel like honestly <laughs> it was because we weren't near restaurants. It really helped me in that way because you really had to cook like all your meals. Mm-hmm. So. I graduated from college and um, moved home for a year and I was working and I was starting my website, um, which has now turned into my blog, but it's been a journey with that. And I was in an accident two months later where I was hit by a plane propeller, lost my hand and my eye and was hit in the brain as well. So it was a long recovery process. And I was in physical therapy which turned into kind of like training physical therapy for about two years in Dallas. So I met my husband now about a year after my accident and we were dating long distance for a year and a half and got engaged. And then I moved to Los Angeles a few months after that. And um, it's funny because I didn't realize that I had fatigue issues in Dallas or things like that after my accident. It was just I think because life is so much slower there and I wasn't, you know, I didn't have like nighttime activities a lot, meaning like dinners with friends. I feel like it was just like my closest friends and we would do things at our house and things like that. Mm-hmm. So when I moved to LA, I just was noticing like, oh my gosh, I'm literally so tired. I can't even like go to dinner tonight. Like I would have to tell Jason, like my mm-hmm. eyes are so heavy. My body hurts. Like it was just crazy. And so it actually was a big learning experience for the two of us because he wasn't like fully understanding what that meant. Like, I think he thought more like I wasn't really wanting to go. And I'm like, no, I'm dying to go. I just literally can't go. I can't stay awake at church on Wednesday nights. I can't meet these new friends and hang out with them at dinners because I was so tired. And it was really frustrating for me because I'm like, okay, I'm in this new city. Jason has an amazing community of friends and I want to get to know these people even more then I've gotten to know him these last few years when I would come into town and I just wasn't able to physically do that. And so I remember mm-hmm. probably about a year after I was here, I was talking to this lady and she was telling me kind of her story. And she said, oh my gosh, I was so fatigued for about a year. And I went to this awesome naturopath and he just helped me so much. So I was like, whoa, I need to go to him. Like, you know, tell me who he is, all this stuff. So I go to him and he basically was saying that I was living off of pure adrenaline. I had like zero iron. And there's another thing that actually supports iron in my body or kind of builds it in your body. And I was lacking that completely as well. And so he was like, I don't know how you're even living life right now, but that's the beauty of being, I I was like, I don't know, 25, around 25 at the time. Anyways, that started kind of the whole journey. So I did this like six week, almost like a diet cleanse where you could just eat like vegetables and, you know, wild fish and things like that and cut out like sugar, grains, dairy, alcohol, all those things. And I felt literally like back to normal after six weeks, like how I felt my whole life. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. Mm -hmm. And Jason and I both were like, whoa, we need to like celebrate this. This is insane. And so I still kind of fluctuate in between being fatigued and bloated and things like that. And so I feel like I, so I went to that naturopath probably like two years ago. And then I was just, I've 
been researching a ton and I would mm-hmm. kind of like self-diagnose like, oh my gosh, I think I have whatever it might be in your, you know, I was researching gut health and things like that. And I came across mm-hmm. um, this amazing functional medicine doctor and he doesn't live in Los Angeles, but he FaceTimes with a lot of his clients. And so I recently did very specific tests with him and came to the root of the issue. And it's been amazing. So I have leaky gut syndrome and then, which is a gut issue, obviously. And he's put me on this like 120 day healing journey. So it really has to do with like what I'm eating and put, you know, incorporating a lot of bone broth, things like that, which really heals the gut. And I'm just so excited because mm-hmm. I think I forget almost how we're meant to feel physically. And I feel like I go through every day, just like I'm tired every single day and I'm exhausted and I'm not, I shouldn't be. I'm like 29. I'm, I eat really healthy, things like that. But it's been just like a very educational journey. And I feel like I've lost hope so many times because I'm like, what is going on with my body? And I have realized a lot, even the medications I was on after my accident just affected my gut health significantly. And just learning about all those things has really kind of created a foundation of how I want to do things from this point on, even with my, my family, even when we have kids, if we can have kids and all those things, like how I'm going to, I don't know, like incorporate all these things I've learned. And even an example is, this is kind of funny, but I got the flu at the beginning of the year. Oof. I know. It was so terrible, but it's going around like crazy. But, um, my mom was like, okay, go to the doctor. Just make sure your lungs are okay. Like all these things. I'm like, okay. So I go and they, they're like, yes, you have the flu. I'm going to prescribe you with Tamiflu. I'm going to get some for Jason too, to help prevent him from getting it. And then also here's a cough suppressant. And I'm like, okay. And so Tamiflu was like sold out everywhere. So I found this little pharmacy that had one left. So we got that. Jason like went after work to another pharmacy to get the cough suppressant and waited like an hour. And so he gets back and my cough was like so bad. So he gets back and he's like, okay, take your cough suppressant like right after you eat, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. And so I am like messaging with my friend who's like such a health nut and she just knows so much. And she's like, whoa, do not take this medicine. It will like destroy your gut health. You work so hard to get to where you're at. Do this, 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 and this. And there are all these natural remedies. And so I started actually doing that that night and Jason's like, I like kind of stopped coughing that night. And Jason's like, did you take your cough suppressant? I'm like, yeah. Cause he was being really hard on me for like taking it. <laughs> he worked hard to get it. I'm like, yeah, I took it. And the next day I'm like, okay, I didn't take the cough suppressant. I've been doing these natural things. He's like, what? I was like, I feel like you weren't ready to hear it last night. <laughs> He's like, no, but literally just like it knocked the flu out so quickly and, and what was that? Like, what did, I'm just trying to think of like practical for people listening, like mm-hmm. not to say like, Hey, the next time you're sick, like don't listen to your doctor, but, yes, exactly. um, cause everyone's on a journey with that. But what are some of the practical things you did to, to fight off your, to fight off the flu? Yeah. So I'm learning every day too. Every person's different. And this is like, what works the best for me and what I've learned. So totally agree with what you're saying there too. But, um, I did, so elderberry syrup, like three times a day. This is like what, when I had the flu. And then um, I would make this drink with fresh squeezed lemon, hot water, and manuka honey. 
And then I would put oregano oil under my tongue like four times a day. I do this like herbal resistance liquid from Whole Foods. It's really, it's pretty simple. It's just a lot and you basically have to just be really consistent with it, but it like kills off whatever's going on in your body. It's pretty incredible. Wow. That's, that is really incredible. I think what you and I have talked about, and I feel like what you've been an advocate for me in my life is rest and balance and just the, what you're talking about, like the fatigue and exhaustion. Mm -hmm. And when I was going through struggling with anxiety and adrenal fatigue a couple years ago, I felt crazy because no doctor would validate. And so I was like, Emma, is, is it normal that I feel this tired? Like that my eyes are drooping by 10 AM and I have zero energy. I'm not doing the things I want to do. And to finally find that doctor that is like, you're not crazy. This is a thing. This is going on. And so I just, I mean, I think for me, it's been such a journey in, in the food I'm putting in my body, but also really fighting for rest. And I think you tapped into it a little bit when, like you said, you know, life in Dallas was a little bit more quiet. And then, you know, you live in this city now where there's things to do and people to see and things you want to experience. And how does rest and balance in all of that look like for you? Like, do you, when do you say no? And when do you say yes? And how do you practice rest? Yes. So I remember early on, like in middle school, high school, I would agree to all these things and I'd be so stressed out. And my mom's like, why did you say yes to this? Did you think about it? Like all these things. I'm like, I guess I didn't really sit back and think about it. So I think what I've learned just from kind of learning the hard way is to Anytime something comes up, I actually sit back and I think about it. And I'm like, okay, do I think my energy will be sufficient at 8 p.m. to go to this dinner or after a really busy week? Or Jason and I have had so much planned. Do we need a night just to rest? Because that's so important. And so even this year, I feel like I've especially started this, but just not cramming my schedule because I feel like I'm also a people pleaser. So even there's like these just precious girls at church that I meet. And there's so many people here that you can get to know and go to coffee with and all these things. And so I really realized what the priority to me is, is obviously Jason first, and then my family, if they're going to be in town, and then my closest friends, and then just kind of like my daily activities. And then if there's room for adding more people into that, then I'll do that. But I feel like for so long, I'd be like, anyone that would ask to go to coffee, like, absolutely, let me find a date. And I would just be so stressed out every day. I'm like, this is not how it's supposed to be. So I was trying to fit that into just like, you know, my work schedule every day and running errands in the city, which, you know, is kind of crazy. (laughs) And so I think just being real when I make a decision rather than just jumping and saying yes to everything. And Jason and I have talked about this too, because I feel like you can get caught up so much in the city with just going, going, going. And even our closest friends are like that, a lot of them. So it's hard not to fall into that. But Jason and I talk about all the time, like that doesn't mean we have to be that way. Like we can Mm -hmm. form like the foundation of our family in that way so much differently than what we're seeing all around us. And, you know, we just have to really think about what's important to us, but I feel like it takes a lot of practice, you know? Yeah. It takes practice and making it a priority. And I think what you said, even just pausing and thinking like that is such a good point. (laughs) And even 
I think something that I'm curious to know just for myself, because I struggle with it. And I think a lot of women struggle with it too, is girl, I could have all my days with coffees with friends and it's people that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I love this person. Of course I want to meet up with them. But how in love and grace do you say no? Like just practically, like how do you Lauren say, I think you're great. And I just can't like, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So I feel like Jason's taught me a lot in how to do that because that's so hard for me. I never know what to say. It's hard for me too. (laughs) Oh, it's the worst. But I feel like all you have to do is just be really real. Like there's a friend, for example, she was in London for about a year um, going to school and she just got back in December and I still haven't seen her yet. And it's February, but I told her the other day, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm just not booking my schedule. Like I always have in the past. And so things are taking a little longer to like find time to get together and just being okay with that. And I feel like people that know you or respect you will understand it. But forever, I thought I'm going to hurt their feelings. I'm doing something bad, all these things. But I feel like it even incorporates into self-care. Like Mm. you have to look out for yourself in a positive way. Not, I feel like that can sound selfish, but it's really not because I feel like it makes you into a more present, balanced person. So if I'm going to coffee with a friend, I want to be there and I want to be um, like, I want to have enough energy to really enjoy that time and be fully present in that time. And even with Jason, like when I get home, I want to be present for him and all of that. And I think the hardest thing too is, and this has been a huge adjustment, but just after you get married, he's like, my first priority. So I feel like even if I moved to LA and I was single and all of that, I would be doing things so much more than I'm doing now because I could, you know? And so I feel like it's coming to that realization too. Like I always want my marriage to be, I don't know, just at the top of my list. Like it's so important to me to keep our relationship strong and all these things. And I don't want to give Jason kind of my, like not my best. Like I, And what I mean by that is like not in a performance way, but more like if I'm just exhausting myself every single day and at night I'm just unable to even like connect, I feel like Mm -hmm. I am not in the right place, you know? So I guess just learning how to do that, but being honest is key. I think that honesty is is also so freeing. And um, something that one of my mentors and dear friends says to me is that if a boundary is good for you. And if it's a blessing for you to say no to something, then it's also going to be a blessing for that other person. Cause God's blessing for you doesn't shortchange someone else. That. that was like really helpful for me to hear. And I feel like I have to remind myself of yeah. that when you actually, when I hear someone say no, it, it feels like a relief. Cause I'm like, Oh wow. Like they are healthy and have boundaries. I can be healthy and have boundaries. It's so true. I remember being scared of saying no, just when I started learning how to do that. And I started realizing, oh my goodness, so many people actually, first of all, they respect you saying no so much more than I thought. Mm -hmm. And they're also in the same place or they're kind of learning it themselves. And that encourages them in some sense, like, oh my gosh, I can say no. And I remember my dad telling me this actually right after my accident. And he said to me, when opportunities come in, so 
I don't even know, speak here or go, whatever it might be. So many different things. He's like, so many will be so amazing. And you immediately want to be like, yes, yes, yes. I'm all in, you know, and really he's like, step back and pray through it and realize what is good for you because things that just look so beautiful, you know, like an opportunity that's really incredible might not be the best for your life. And does that fit into how you're trying to balance everything? And does that fit into, um, just even something you really want to do? Cause sometimes when something looks great, but if you sit back and think about it, you're like, Oh, I actually really don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Even though it's an incredible opportunity, yeah. you know? So even looking at things like that as well has been helpful. Yeah. I love that. The principle you're talking about pausing and zooming out and it's super healthy. I am thrilled to talk with y'all about one of our refined collective sponsors this week, Branch Basics. Now Branch Basics is a female owned company that provides toxic free cleaning products. Their passion is to help others live transformed lives through creating a non-toxic environment. Their starter kit, y'all, is my favorite. Here's how it works. Basically, it's one product that tackles hundreds of uses depending on the different levels of dilution. You can use Branch Basics to clean your bathtub grout, to washing your hands, to stain treating, and even doing full loads of laundry, y'all. That makes me so happy. (laughs) Because if you have followed The Refined Woman for any length of time, you know I'm all about simplicity and functionality. I want to kill as many birds with one stone, and I live in New York City, so I don't want clutter around and 50 different cleaning solutions. Branch Basics truly streamlines my cleaning. It saves me money since I'm only buying one product. It's less waste and more sustainable because I get to reuse their spray and foamer bottles over and over again. And on top of all of that, the stuff really works, guys. And not only is it quality product, but I am so in line with the heart behind Branch Basics. They believe that change happens over time with the tiny everyday decisions we make and that our health and well-being is worth being intentional about. So Branch Basics gave us a special code just for our Refined Collective tribe. Check out branchbasics.com and you can use the promo code REFINEDCOLLECTIVE, all one word in lowercase, at checkout for 20% off your first order. Enjoy. Lauren, I love what you're sharing about zooming out and pausing and really thinking about like, what are the decisions I want to want to do and create in my life? And I think something that I've just loved about being your friend is hearing your journey and transition into marriage. And I know you and I have talked about, yeah, marriage is hard. And I think, I think what can happen is people just start with like, oh, it's hard mm-hmm. and that's real. But I feel like your perspective is a little different um, with marriage. And I want to, I want to hear about your transition into marriage and, and how married life is for you. Yes. Um, so I moved to LA about six months before we got married. So it was kind of crazy because we were planning our wedding, which was happening in Dallas from Los Angeles. And I was living in an apartment. We were looking for a house and all these things. And so, um, we come back after we're married and I feel like Jason and I always say like our first year was full of so many kind of the word you're using like transitions and adapting to married life because we had been dating long distance. So even during that time, 
it was almost like we were single in a weird way because we could do whatever we wanted all the time. And we weren't really in person considering each other's schedules or things like that. And um, so I feel like just really adjusting into that, like Jason's such an extrovert. And it was funny when he used to call me when I was in Dallas, he's like, what are you doing tonight? And I'm like, oh, I'm just hanging out with Anna at in our apartment. (laughs) My best, uh, I like, it was just my favorite to do that. And I feel like a ton of nights he'd be like, oh, so first I'm going to dinner with these people. And then there's like this event afterwards and we're doing that. And it was like all the time I was hearing that. So I used to tell Anna, I feel like I need to make up something cooler that I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Life seems like really boring. Um, But I feel like it really was mixing kind of being more of a homebody for myself and having like a few really close friends. And then Jason literally like could go every night to dinner with big groups and things like that. And so I feel like we really had to learn each other and come to a balance on that first, because actually my fatigue almost helped with that, even though it was really difficult because I felt like a lot of nights I was at home by myself in this new city where I didn't have friends that could just come over and hang with me or my family was not in the city. So I just kind of felt lonely a lot of Mm. the first months of our marriage. And I didn't really know why at first. I'm like, like I kind of knew why, but I was just like, okay, I feel like I felt like I wasn't being prioritized as a wife. And I feel like he was still living kind of like how he had always lived before. And um, we really grew through that. And it came from a lot of like blow up fights and things like that, which were extremely productive. But a lot of those fights actually came from internal like anger I was dealing with, with my accident and all of that, that he didn't fully understand. So I had to really almost relive a lot of what I had gone through, um, because he wasn't, you know, present during those times and didn't know me during that time. So it was really difficult and exhausting for me to have to, you know, explain things all over again. And, um, I, ended up going to this counseling. It's called EMDR. And it basically starts from your childhood and goes through your present day. So um, that was a life changer for me. And it actually impacted our marriage so much. Um, So my parents, they were married for 10 years, divorced for seven, and they got remarried to each other. And I always tell people it was the most healthy divorce you could have had because they always you know, put us first, um, my sister and I first, and they live 10 minutes from each other. I never saw them fighting. It was just seemed very healthy and positive, even though it was a broken family. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I didn't realize kind of the effects that that had on me. And Mm -hmm. I was realizing so much of that in counseling and, um, even how I feel like that came out and how I handled conflict and how I would respond to Jason and certain things. And even how I'd respond when my parents would come visit and leave. And I felt like they were, it was almost like, a um, Sandy, my counselor would say, it's like when you have a childhood memory and you don't connect it to the current reality, it stays like in your brain as a childhood emotion and you keep reliving that. So, um, I feel like a lot of that was happening. Like when they would leave, it would 
basically subconsciously remind me of when I would, was going from one house to the other and leaving a parent and mm-hmm. all of that. And so, um, I feel like that was huge for Jason and I, for me to work through all that. And mm-hmm. he was just so loving and there for me during all that. And just really came to realize how to love me through continuous emotional healing. Um, mm-hmm from my accident really. And just from childhood and all of that. And also realizing, okay, I've come into his community and these friends are like family to him. And I don't feel like that. Like they're not family to me yet. So just being patient Mm -hmm. in that way. And for him, even saying no to things that he would want to go to or what he was used to doing and um, really prioritizing me. And I'm so thankful for moving from Dallas to LA for that reason for our marriage, because I feel like I'm so close to my family and have really great friends there. And so I feel like if I were near them, just in that first year or two, I would probably go to them right away and be like, I need you guys. Like they knew what I'd been through. They know how to communicate with me well, things like that. And, um, I was starting to do that actually in LA. Like if I were upset, I would just kind of hide from Jason and I'd like um, call my mom or my sister or my dad or whatever. And I would say, I'm really upset about this. Help me with this. And um, Jason one day told me, okay, I love that you're so close to your family, but if you don't shift going from them first to me, like this will never grow our marriage or help our marriage. And you just need to like trust me and come to me and let me be there for you and all of that. And so it's just so interesting. Gosh, how was that to hear? Was that like scary? Were you like, don't tell me what to do? <laughs> yeah. How was that? I remember, oh my gosh. I feel like that was engaged when he, we were engaged when he told me that. And I was thinking, you know, when you hear something that's hard to hear and you want to rebel against it, but you're like, oh, it's so right. And that like hurts to hear, you know? I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, but I really started to do that. And I think just learning and seeing time and time again, how I could trust him. And he actually is there for me and cared for me. And even during the arguments, which stemmed from a lot of my frustration and it was just like anger from loss and things like that, that were coming out, just seeing how much he viewed that as a positive, even though it was I don't know, from the outside looking in, it would seem super negative, but he viewed it as a positive, like, oh my gosh, I know you so much more. I'm sorry it had to come out this way. Um, I'm here for you. And like, I'm here to hug you when you're really angry. And I'm here to like, love you during those times. And I feel like it brought so much healing and depth of connection. Like we, I feel like we are just so close. Like we we were looking at this picture in our bathroom the other day when we were engaged. Oh, actually, you took that picture. <laughs> oh, <laughs> from your engagement. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's so fun. fun. So we we're looking at that picture, and he was like, "Isn't it funny to look at that?" And we thought we were so in love, which we were to the point that we could have been, you know. And now it's just like it's just such a deep love, and even me opening up and being really vulnerable almost like by accident, I feel like I like couldn't help it. And I would just, you know, have these moments of struggle. And I feel like it set this safe, like tone in our marriage of you can share whatever you need to share. Like we're here for each other. We're on the same team. And I felt like that helped him open up about a lot of things. And I just feel like 
we have no secrets in our marriage. Like it's very mm-hmm. open. Um, even with conflict, we just don't brush under the rug. I feel like Jason's really good about like, let's, we need to handle this now. We need to get to the root issue and deal with this. If we need to go to counseling, let's go to counseling. And I just feel like marriage is just one of the most beautiful things in my opinion, because it's just very, I'll use the word sanctifying, but just it, it like kind of chisels you as a person. And you're like, it kind of shows you issues you might need to deal with in a light that you've never seen it in. And it's very humbling and different. And I feel like learning to be teammates is just one of the most like impactful things. And um, it's just like, I don't know, I feel like it's one of the biggest blessings in my life and the work that we put into it is such a gift too, because I don't know, we just have so much fun together. We're constantly laughing. I feel like we're just on the same page and I feel like Mm -hmm. it took work to get there. But when you're, when you're in that space, it's just, I feel like life just like flows. And if something's off, I feel like we both know it pretty quickly and we'll be like, what's going on here? And we'll just talk it through. And I feel like, yeah, it just really set the foundation, but, um, I, I just like love it. And it's like living with your best bud, you know? I, I mean, I am just sitting here, just almost speechless, just hearing you talk about your marriage and your relationship. Cause what I hear are two people that like you're all in and you're not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. And in a culture that tells us to, you know, be in the relationship, do the job, do the art, do whatever you want. As long as it feels good. As soon as you start feeling uncomfortable, like get out, like, you know, like do what's right for you. And what, what you just told me is like in the moments of pain and in the moments of hurt and misunderstanding. And when it didn't feel good, you both leaned into that. And I think that is, I just acknowledge you guys both for that. And, um, it, I mean, it just takes so much courage to go there and courage to say, I'm really angry right now, or I'm struggling. And it takes courage for Jason to meet you in that place and say, Mm -hmm. let me in and teach me. And I mean, I remember the first time I met Jason, we were out at dinner in New York. I don't know if you remember this. Um, and we were having sushi Mm -hmm. and I remember leaving and it was like a quick dinner, but I was like the one, and I am so protective over my friends. Like you want to see like the little bulldog of Kat Harris come out. Like (laughs) you introduced me to your new boyfriend. Um, I just remember walking away from that dinner. Like I am team Jason all the way. And he is for this, this woman and he loves you. And I've gotten to see your relationship unfold and you guys are unafraid to go to the hard places and you are, your relationship is an example. And I'm just, I'm inspired by both of you guys. Um, and just grateful that you're also willing to share like, yeah, it's not perfect. It's hard, but it is the best thing. Um, thank you for all those sweet words. And I feel like just what you were saying about marriage, not being perfect obviously it it can't be perfect because we're human beings and we're not perfect. But, um, I feel like it's so much richer when it's so not perfect because that's what develops so much growth. And 
even safety. Like, I feel like the more I saw Jason, like actually love me through hard things that he was seeing in me, I'm like, okay, wow. I like really trust him. I can tell him anything. And then it would, my vulnerability would help his vulnerability. I don't know. It's just like a, such a team playing, like enriching thing, you know, when there's struggle put into life, like it's life, right? you know? Life is, it's full of the struggle and mm-hmm. it's, it can be also beautiful. Yeah. So as, okay, we're, we have just a few more minutes left of, um, our time together. And I've been asking everyone a few of the same questions at the end. Yeah. So are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what are three things that you are obsessed with right now? Okay. So my sister actually got me the, she reads truth Bible for Christmas. Hmm, and I'm, I'm like obsessed with it. It's mm. really amazing. And it's really pretty. And there's kind of devotionals throughout the Bible. And it's just from there, like they personally wrote them and they're so good. Um, I'm also, so I'm doing this big shift of like toxic products to toxin free products in our home. So it's kind of like a slow transition, but I love organic bedding and towels. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know why. You have like a specific brand or like set that you really like? Yeah. So Bowl and Branch is my favorite. They're like the softest towels, but Mm. you just feel good about them because you're like, I know these are okay for me, you know? Um, And then I'm loving denim jackets right now. Mm. And I feel like they just go with anything and they're just very... They just, I don't know what it is. I just love wearing a denim jacket. Um, like a, a Levi's like denim jacket or yeah. light wash, wash. Yeah. Kind of like I have this black one that I love, um, Reformation, but there's Levi's one that's really good too. And then just like a normal, like medium wash denim jacket. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Um, love a good time. and then I have a fourth. Yeah. Answer, but, um, have you seen Planet Earth 2? <laughs> no, but I own Planet Earth 1 oh and I did not have the 2. Oh my gosh, cat. Okay, so I have like an obsession with animals, you know? I'm like mm-hmm. giddy when I'm watching Planet Earth 2. It's the most unbelievable thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I just remember the first the first one, like the baby elephants oh, and yes. just like dying. <laughs> On the planet Earth. Here we go. <laughs> Check out. Um, all right. Next question. What do you wish you could tell your younger self? Oh my goodness. Um, to just fully be yourself. I feel like it's so easy in that time frame, especially now with social media. I can't even imagine. But it's so easy to compare and be like, "Oh man, I wish I had. I wish I was a cheerleader like this girl, or I wish I was on the dance team like this girl, or whatever it might be." But I think just really digging into what your gifts are and living fully in who you are at that age. Mm, That's so good. Living fully in who you are. I love that. I just wrote that down. Um, And then lastly, I feel super passionate that each of us are leaders. And just by mere fact that we are alive in this world means that we have leadership within us and we have stories that are worth telling. And I'm just curious for you, what is the story that you want to invite others into in your life? Yeah. So I just think, I just want to encourage and empower people around me. And 
I think the biggest thing is not hiding. So that's kind of my go-to thing. So like if I'm in an argument with someone, I want to go hide or run away (laughs) or, um, I still get really insecure about my arm and I want to hide that. Like I don't, I still have not showed my arm in front of my friends here in LA, which is so crazy to think about. It's been like over three years, but my friends in Dallas would think I was crazy if I had my arm, like prosthetic arm on, they'd be like, what are you doing? Um, mm-hmm. it's so normal with them, but just getting to that place of, okay. So we were at dinner with this couple the other night and they started this coffee shop, um, called Biddy and Bose. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have four kids and two of them have mental disabilities and they started, this coffee shop that's literally run by kids with Down syndrome and just several things like that. And we were talking about the other night how I feel like America or just just our society has placed such a negativity or a separation with people with mental disabilities instead of bringing them into the human life. Like, no, this is a part of their story. Like they're incredible and they have so much purpose and all of that. And so many of them, like 80% are unemployed. And it's just the whole system I learned so much about the other night. And it was mind blowing to me. But we were saying how I feel like any sort of difference is viewed as so negative and Mm. as something that we should be hiding. And so Mm. I took a lot from that personally, because not, you know, having one hand and having one eye is different. And a lot of times I just want to hide that or I find a lot of insecurity in that. And I really have to dig into that, ask myself why, but just feeling secure enough to kind of like what I was saying in the last answer, like live fully in who I am and um, know that that's a part of God's story. And this is a part of my, the human life. Like this is my story now and live fully in it. And so much easier said than done, but that's kind of what I want to represent. And that's kind of a goal for myself too. Well, girl, you are living your message and you do represent that and you are vulnerable and you just, I'm so inspired by how committed you are to, to the journey of life. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just, I'm grateful to get to share your story with, with my, my podcast audience. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just want to thank you and bless you and bless what you are doing. And I just am excited to see your life to continue to unfold. Um, so thanks for joining me. Oh my gosh. I just, I just feel so blessed to be on this and I'm so excited that you're doing this because you have such a gift of helping people be vulnerable and tell their stories and empower them. And you are amazing with what you've done with the refined woman and just really uniting women specifically, um, and speaking about things that are meaningful and life-changing. And so I just am so pumped for your podcast and I'm so honored to be on it. Thank you. Thank you for being an amazing friend. Oh, thank you. Love you, girl. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you, friends, for joining me for another episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. Lauren Scruggs Kennedy. 
Man, what a gem. I mean, so many beautiful things that she shared. I love her journey of wellness and being so committed to health and really getting to the root issue of what was going on for her, not just clean eating and clean living, but also diving into past pain and really seeking healing and reconciliation from her past. That takes so much courage. And what keeps standing out in my mind about our conversation is at the end where she talks about living fully in who you are, loving the woman, loving the person that you were created to be and living fully in that unapologetically. Lauren, we love you. Guys, if you do not follow this girl, let me tell you, you will love to follow her. Her website is laurenscruggskennedy.com. Her Instagram is at Lauren Scruggs. And she also has an amazing dry shampoo brand called Stranded. So get on it. You've been listening to the Refined Collective Podcast with music by Chris Zabriskie. You can follow our journey on Instagram at The Refined Woman, our website, therefinedwoman.com for show notes, other features and interviews, and a deeper look into our tribe. Find us on iTunes, The Refined Collective. Subscribe, rate, review, and leave us some love. Join me next time. And thank you so much for listening. And one last thing, in case you ever forget, You are not alone. Your story matters and you belong here.